Hey, it's the Sebastian for the Metal Gods Meltdown, and I'm joined by... Lucas Damasio of Malakota and Cooper Selden of Malakota. It's great to chat to you tonight. First of all, can you describe your music to anyone who hasn't heard of Malakota before? We get compared a lot to like a lot of symphonic metal bands. I think the, the best description I've heard of our music is we're like, you know, death metal fused with Tim Burton music. <laughs> I must admit, uh, the first time I heard Penny Dreadful, I was like, okay, give it another try. It's like, yeah. And I've just been listening to it again and again and again. And it's quite hard when you're a reviewer for a small, basically, blog. We were a big website, but we're a blog now. It's quite hard to sort of just, like, stick to one one album, EP. But I do keep going back to yours, so that says something anyway. In my my humble opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Where do you draw your ideas and inspirations from? I think that for this EP, it kind of has somewhat of a theme. Like, I've always been a big fan of horror movies and, and, and literature. Um, I mean, our, even our band name comes from from a book, Dante's Inferno. So anything involving horror tends to, uh, tends to tickle our fancy, I guess. Um, that and, I guess, just shitty things that happen in my own life. I mean, that's kind of horror as well. Yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> I, I, I love the band's name, Malakoda. What's the biggest misconception about the band and the band's name? Most people, when they first hear the band name, like they don't, they just think, oh, it sounds like so exotic. It sounds like an Italian dessert or something like that. And which I think is awesome. I mean, I, when I picked the name, it's the name of a, of a demon in Dante's Inferno. Um, and it, I think it roughly translates to, like, Wicked Tale. Um, but I think uh, the, big, the, the big misconception is that people don't realize it's, like, a, a demon's name. So they, they kind of think something completely different. They don't think we're as dark as we actually are. And then they hear the music, and, and then they look into the name, and they're like, oh, yeah, these guys are dark. <laughs> so have you had people standing outside your gigs with crosses and things like that? <laughs> no, no, not yet. But I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. The EP is absolutely awesome. Can you give us some idea if there's going to be a full-blown album? I don't really know what the plan is right now. Right now, we're just really focusing on gigs. Um, we, I mean, I own my own studio. This is actually where we're, we're doing the interview out of. So, I mean, we always have the option to come in here and, and, and kind of record some ideas. Record some ideas. Um, we'll, I mean, we'll definitely be working on a full-length album probably soon, but right now we're focusing more on... on, uh, on playing gigs this ep is more meant to be a standalone ep mm-hmm. okay so our ideas sort of float in there then for the next step for you guys yeah like i mean definitely like what we explored with this ep like the the, the really kind of dark stuff and, and and the the really kind of grand scope of it i think is something that we're definitely going to be exploring uh further um but as far as like you know, like this isn't like an e- when when we sat down and, and wanted to do an EP, we didn't have the intention of extending it into uh, into a full length album. We just wanted it to be its own standalone product. I also love the video for Penny Dreadful. What's the general feedback been like so far to that? 
I like it. It's generally been pretty good. I mean, it was uh, a really uh, tough undertaking to do. I mean, it, the whole idea behind that was to kind of create almost like a mini horror film. So, like a lot of the weird effects you see in there, it was all it was all done in real. Like it was it, like nothing is CGI. It's all practical effects. Like you know, so there's parts where I think we're moving kind of jerky in it, and what we had to do for that was um, we had to basically play the song live twice as fast. Wow. <laughs> and then they, and it's already a pretty fast song. It is. That was the most painful part of it. Actually. That was brutal. And then what they did is then they slowed it down to make it the same speed as the song. So that's how you get that kind of jerky movement. And you know, most people when they ask, when they when they like are talking to us about the video, or at least when they've been talking to me about it, they, they just assume all of it was done in like CGI. Oh, they just sped it up in post or oh, they, the, the veins on the girl's neck, like that was done in, in post. Like no, we, we drew that those were actually painted on her and and stuff, so most people are kind of taken aback, or they're surprised rather when they're like, "Holy crap!" Like these guys actually did it like legit. It wasn't wasn't CG. Of course, the EP gets released in a matter of days. How are you feeling? Pretty anxious. I mean, we keep, you know, things have uh, obviously things keep progressing forward and things come up, and we sort of been trying to. I keep talking with my hands like people can see me. <laughs> we, we keep trying to space things out so we don't just sort of, um, so we you know we don't hit the climax all at once and just kind of explode. You know, we want people to sort of build up an interest in it. So it's, I, I think for me personally too, it's been really anxious because I really want this whole thing to drop so I can just spam people with it and, you know, have people just, you know, eat out of my hand for a minute. Like, oh, you were in this? Like, yeah, you know, no big deal, you know, just the bass player. But at the same time, you know, it's a, really, it's a cool um, project to be in and it's a sweet, you know, six song EP. What's the plans for the rest of the year and what does 2017 hold in store for you guys? Will you be going out on tour in Canada and are Shark Invested Daughters going with you? Because if they are, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> so for the rest of the year, well, because we've only got like a month or so left, two months left of this, this, this year, um, we're basically going to play a surprise trip to Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. <laughs> get, get, just drink a ton of beer. Um, I think for the rest of the year, it's really just you know focusing on on, on just getting this stuff out. And uh, I don't think we're going to be playing any gigs until until twenty seventeen. To be perfectly honest with you, um, we're just kind of focusing on that. And then there's a few other things that we've got to take care of within within the band, like administrative stuff wise, and, and just some other some other. Uh, you know, business ideas. Like we're still kind of designing some of our merch, and, and we're tweaking our website. And there's a, there's a million things. There's a million and one things that we're that we're trying to get done before 2017. Um, 2017 comes around. I think we'll probably. I think we're trying to be get ready for. I don't know. I want to say late winter, early spring, and then uh, it's probably just going to be within Canada. But to be honest, like I've I've always uh, I've always wanted to tour Europe or. UK and like anywhere outside of North America to be honest because I this stuff really I think appeals to more of that audience I couldn't and, agree uh, more yeah personally I've always preferred hanging out in Europe than here <laughs> <laughs> yeah we won't really need any masonry skills to like break down any walls to go into the US right because oh, you know, Europe and UK aren't kicking us out so I mean, yeah <laughs> 
Has <laughs> he started building the wall already? Fucking hell. I thought no, it was Mexico. He decided to change the defences because <laughs> he realised that, you know, the wall is a pretty dumb idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of bricks and a lot of manpower. Yeah, uh, definitely in Europe. I mean, our website sort of, mainly because it's like now more, my, more than anything, my blog is more concentrated on mainland Europe bands and that, and you'd be such a hit over in somewhere like Belgium, France and that. Belgium rocks, play, man. spoke with Danny Filth at a Cradle of Filth. I was interviewing about his band Devilment. And then the next day, Asher sent me through your EP. And I thought, fucking hell, you guys would just be the right fit for a support slot with him. Do you have any ultimate bands you'd like to tour with? And would you even think about trying to get a gig with Devilment if they came over to USA, Canada? I would, I would, I mean, yeah, I would. Uh, <laughs> I would, I would tour with you know, almost any band that would want it, that's bigger than us that would take us, to be perfectly honest with you, as long as it's not Nickelback. Everyone hates Nickelback, they're not that bad, man. Yeah, as a Canadian, I have to apologize. I'm very sorry that we brought Nickelback just, and Justin Bieber and Drake into the world. It's our fault, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not taking any responsibility for any of them, because I don't know any of them. I'm not apologizing for <laughs> I think I think for Jordan's uh, fault, we have Nickelback. We can only take responsibility for Drake. And Justin Bieber. No, he was in outside GTA, wasn't he? Ah, uh, whatever. Still Ontario. <laughs> See, look at this. You're doing a, an interview, a metal interview, and we've talked about Drake, Justin Bieber, and Nickelback. Has that ever happened? I really want to a few times. Like, a few times. Okay, then. So, sort of that sort of like goes into my next question. What <laughs> Canadian bands influenced you growing up? I mean, were you Anvil fam, fans, Hair and Scarum, or what were you into? What? Well, it's funny, like. I was, uh, I started recording when I was fairly young, uh, getting into like the recording biz. And one of the guys that taught me almost everything I know, Alfio Annabellini, he worked on a bunch of Anvil albums. Okay. Um, so I kind of learned, and he also worked with Voivod. Um, that's another great Canadian thrash band, mm -hmm. um, from, from Quebec. Yeah. Um, so like, I, it, I, I, Anvil personally never really influenced me much. Like I mean, maybe more, maybe more Rush. I would say, um, and I, I would definitely say Voivod is definitely a big influence on me. I know Voivod's a big influence on our guitar player Brad, but other than that, not not too many Canadian bands I think influenced us. I mean, oh, hold on, I got one. Devin Townsend for Cooper. That's the only guy that he'll talk about. <laughs> it's not true. Talk about me. <laughs> <laughs> so away from Canada, then what bands? influence your sound uh for me i would say as a as a, i'm a multi-instrumentalist in the band so as as a guitar player john schaefer from ice earth i actually own uh one of his the les paul that he used on horror show um i bought that off of him last summer i would say typo negative is definitely a big influence on me as a singer definitely like roy Kahn from from camelot is a big influence of mine, and I've always been a big fan of like Maiden and Judas Priest. I, I think I've, I've been in more Judas Priest cover bands than I care to admit. Really? Yeah, it's just because. Can you do Painkiller? Yeah, I can do Painkiller, and then you know, then everybody asks me to be in their Priest cover band. So. <laughs> That's really cool. <laughs> what about cool. you, Cooper? What are your influences? I guess growing up, I was really big into like Yes. Oh yeah. You know, Chris Squire was pretty crazy, and I mean, you know, I didn't start playing bass, so most of my influences are on guitar, but also, like, Tool's always been a pretty big one for me, just because I like the dynamic of the band, and sort of how it's, it 
kind of goes against your typical, like, you know, you've got your frontman vocalist and frontman guitarist where, you know, the, the whole band is well represented in almost in every song they've done. Let's talk about the dark side again. Have you ever dabbled with the dark side? And what's the weirdest paranormal thing to have ever happened to you? And don't be saying speaking to some English dude at half past <laughs> 12 at night. <laughs> I don't know, me and my buddy, there's a place near here that's called, um, it's called Wesleyville. It's kind of like a ghost town and stuff. And me and my buddy were just kind of goofing around with like a little task camp and we picked up, um, you know, voices. We were sort of just goofing around and asking questions, not thinking we'd ever get answers. And we didn't hear anything. But when we played the task cam back, we actually got a few responses. So that was that was pretty creepy. You know, was, we were kind of treating it as a joke. And after that, we're like, oh. Oh. Like, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, like, I, uh, I have uh, some friends that run kind of like a... They do like haunted ghost tours in, in a town called Hamilton. Uh-huh. And uh, every now and then, like, they do, like, these investigations, and they asked me to have, kind of tag along one day. They did a, the Niagara Hotel, which is on the American side of the Niagara Falls. And it's been abandoned since, I think, like, the 70s or, or something like that. Like, JFK is known for staying there. Marilyn Monroe had a, had a suite there with Joe DiMaggio. There's tons of mafia guys there. We were there for, like, I think it was, like, four or five hours, starting at, like, 11 o'clock at night and just it was just really creepy vibes the entire time there uh the other thing too is my grandmother was super into the occult like i have tons and tons of books of hers that are they're all in italian so and unfortunately i don't actually understand much italian so i have to have to translate them unfortunately yeah i know i wish i learned but well, it's never too late i guess but uh so she had tons of that. And as a kid, she always used to scare the crap out of me whenever I'd stay at her place. And be like, oh, yeah, there's, like, you know, this woman dressed in white that lives, uh, that, that, like, kind of wanders the uh, hallways at night. You should totally stay up at night and try to see if you can catch a glimpse of her. Nope, that wasn't happening. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, I think I was always kind of had that, uh, always kind of, I've just always been into that stuff since a young age. Those sort of experiences... Do you use those to go into your lyrical themes and to towards the musical? I think so. Like I think definitely, you know, aesthetic wise and you know the imagery, like even like the, the, the artwork and the album and the EP and and and, and, and the sound, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, like the Penny Dreadful video is filled with occult imagery and, mm-hmm. and, and overall kind of has that kind of spooky paranormal vibe. I've always been more into uh, like, you know, going even into, like, horror films, like, I'm a huge horror film nut, but I've always believed in, uh, as far as horror goes, less is more. If it's really over the top and over dramatic, then it, you kind of have to suspend your, 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 your belief a little bit too much. Yeah. Uh, I've always preferred more, more subtle horror, because to me, that's a little bit more grounded, but <laughs> I use this term loosely, grounded in reality. But yeah, we definitely, we definitely do it. Like, uh, all the songs, like, all the lyrics deal with, with horror. Most of it, like, the song Penny Dreadful is about, is actually about the, it's about the notion of horror as entertainment, and it actually is loosely based on the cancelled TV show, which I love, uh, Penny Dreadful. Um, some of the other songs deal with more, more like, uh, like, you know, ghost story, like folklore, ghost stories and stuff like that. Is there like a lot of sort of folklore in Canada? Um, yeah, people think we're really nice. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like, people come into 
just treat you like the piece of crap you are because you live here. Yeah. So that's a pretty big folklore. You know, they're like, Canada's so nice and they drink maple syrup. No, we're dicks. We still drink maple syrup. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty big. Like, I think one of the biggest uh, pieces of folklore in Canada is uh, the Wendigo. It's uh, it's like a Native American or Native Canadian uh, thing. It's like about, a, I think it's about a Native Americans that would go off and... Uh, they would starve in the winter and they would resort to cannibalism and then they'd be like reborn as this flesh-eating monster. Dude, uh, that happens in Scotland every day. Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> they all, all the Wendigos just got on a boat and said, Peace Canada, we're going to Scotland. <laughs> exactly. Can you tell me what one possession you could not live without? My heart. Generally speaking, if I didn't have a heart, I'd probably be dead. <laughs> so, do you possess your heart though? Like, it is in me. I mean, technically, it's not someone else's. It is mine. It is in my possession. But what, if, but, but what if somebody else... What if you fall in love? They're not physically taking my heart out, so it's still going to be mine. <laughs> um, I would say I probably could not live without pasta. I thought you were going to say Paul then. I was just going to be like... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's <laughs> the way my mind thinks. Um, can you tell me... What is the ultimate goal for Malakoda? Uh, I think the ultimate goal is to... The way that I've always approached music is that... Like, I've been in a lot of bands, and most of the time, like, they don't have a game plan. They don't... They don't know, um... Like, you know, they, they don't know what they want to do. It's either like, oh, let's just hang out and get drunk and jam. And, uh, let's play the... Let's play the... Let's play the rock pile, you know, every... Every, every, uh, Friday, and... You know, just yeah, let's just do that, and then it like you know, it doesn't really go anywhere. It's just a bunch of drunk dudes getting together and, and, and jamming. Um, and to me, that doesn't make any that doesn't appeal to me. I think for me, the the, the whole goal of Malakota is to be in a band where it's worthwhile to be in, where it's like we are making progress, where even if even if we're not signed for whatever reason, we can still do. You know, we you know. We can, we can still, still keep making music. We can still keep making music, and we can still, you know, get it out there in, in the right channels and still tour. You know, uh, for me, I've never really been like a huge egotistical. I mean, I'm known the singer, so I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't be saying this in front of my bass player, but oh, listen, <laughs> he's the one league. I've never been like a huge like ego egomaniac. I've never really cared about just doing it just for for myself like it's i want to do this with a group of people that uh i enjoy being with and uh you know kind of like forging you know kind of like good memories and coming out with something where you can kind of look back on it and be like oh yeah that was really cool and you and you're still able to do it oh man that was so beautiful oh <laughs> uh, i was in tears normally i'd say groupies but i think my girlfriend's gonna listen to this so. <laughs> <laughs> she wouldn't be very happy <laughs> <with> that. <laughs> so i had to come up with something else can you give me three words to describe malakoda we'll, we'll each give you three words each oh my god three words to describe oh my god that's a good word <laughs> <laughs> versatile Mysterious and cryptic. Wicked. Oh, I like that. I oh. was just gonna say dark melodic metal. <laughs> Can you tell me why we should buy your EP? Because it would recoup the cost. 
costs that it took to make it. <laughs> it's going to donate to the, you know, keep us employed fund. <laughs> you know, there's kids starving in Africa, but we're also kind of starving over here. So I would say, you know, for, for fan people who, who, who enjoy, you know, people have been calling us kind of like gothic power metal, right? And for me, power metal usually is, you know, it kind of can veer too much into the cheesy side or, or it can just, or, you know, it can be either cheesy or epic. Um, or both. Or both. Right, but for us, I think we're we're a really dark take on a you know so fan people who are fans of of of, of goth of kind of like the gothic metal stuff or, or the really dark you know even maybe even the black metal stuff but are into, but are kind of want something a little bit different. I think this this would appeal to them. Same thing with the power metal guys. Maybe guys who are into power metal but they want something a bit darker. That would be us. Um, that and as Cooper said, yeah, we're starving. But ultimately, too, you know the whole the whole point of making music for us is to you know, share the music with people that have yeah. a like-minded desire, or maybe some that don't, you know, there could be somebody out there who likes opera music and happens to stumble on this is like, okay, you know, I'm not a big fan of certain aspects, but there are aspects I really enjoy. I'll give it a chance and they can listen to it, you know. So it's not just about, you know, turning a profit per se, but it's also, you know, just spreading awareness about, you know, metal music, that it's not all just, you know, drugs and, and occult and stuff we're real people you know mm -hmm. well you're not you're a bass player <laughs> <laughs> okay so this is quick fire round so it's gonna get a little bit silly first one's a bit sort of like serious supposed to be being serious well you we could do a bit of, well yeah you were supposed to <laughs> <laughs> okay festival or small intimate gig uh i would say i like i like i like festivals i think i think small gigs is kind of cool like a more intimate thing because you can really connect with people whereas a festival yeah everybody's there to see you but ultimately you know people are watching and people aren't whereas intimate you could totally single out that person not watching and be like hey dickhead we're up here you paid for this take pictures do whatever but at least focus on us right you can't show that at like 10,000 people yeah you can <laughs> <laughs> vinyl or digital I don't speak Italian <laughs> what <laughs> Vinyl or digital? Vinyl or digital? Oh, vinyl or digital? <laughs> okay. Uh, I, 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 actually, I collect vinyl. Uh, I like vinyl. Yeah. Cool. Oh, God, I was going to say later. Anyway. Um, <laughs> right, lumberjack or lap dancer? Are you the lumberjack? Which one's. Are you the, I am the lumberjack. Wait, am I having to do the lap dance, though? You know, you have to do. I would you prefer a lumberjack or a lap dancer? Definitely a lumberjack. Giving me a lap dance would be preferable. I'm not gonna lie. It would appeal to my inner Canadian. What? <laughs> <laughs> a lumberjack giving you a lap dance? Yeah, it'd be pretty sweet. Okay. Because <laughs> I mean, we didn't specify who's giving me the lap dance, right? Like, for all I know, I could be like, "Oh, lap dance," and you're gonna throw like. Some 800-pound Ron Jeremy wannabe in there with the giant wiener or something. You know, Ron Jeremy dressed as a lumberjack. Jesus Christ, take it back. <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, right. <clears throat> I just put in an advert for a new bass player myself. <laughs> Sounds a bit dodgy. <laughs> okay. Um, and can you do me the lumberjack song? Go for yeah, it. Help me, though, man. There's like, there's different points in it, right? Are you ready for this? Go for it. All right, 
I'm a lumberjack and I'm okay. I sleep all night and I work all day. And that is the Canadian National Anthem. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my mooses. <laughs> oh, Alright, okay. Maple syrup or moose head beer? Maple syrup. Yeah, I'd say maple syrup too. Really? I think there's other to be honest, I mean, my favorite beer is Guinness, so that's why, probably. Oh, okay. Lay off. I actually prefer maple syrup over, like, anything. <laughs> well, we actually bathe in it, too. Like, we have a special tap on our showers, and, one, you know, one's hot water, one's cold, and one's maple syrup. It's just youthful. And do you have it poured over the lumberjack as well? Motherfucker! Yeah. <laughs> I do. <laughs> okay. Oh, jeez. Bear or beaver? Beaver. <laughs> uh, yeah, beaver. Definitely beaver. You've got to love a beaver, haven't you, really? Bears are intimidating, but beavers are secret ninjas. Let's be real. <laughs> they cut down trees with their freaking teeth, right? That is impressive. That's pretty metal, right? That's, that's metal. Beavers rock. I love beavers. Yeah, they do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Final words for your listeners and fans. Uh, I would say check out our stuff. Stay in school. Don't do drugs. Or do them. And, uh, Recreationally in a safe environment. And if there are any lumberjacks who are looking to uh, you know, change their careers to lap dance, or just call Cooper. That's right, just call me up. I'll make it happen. There's probably a market for it somewhere. I wouldn't be surprised, honest to God. Right. <laughs> Malakota, and you're listening to Metal Gods Meltdown.